Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. This is John Middlecoff from 3 and Out with John Middlecoff. Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back. SI Boxing Podcast. On this episode, we've got a great conversation with Steven Espinoza, the president of Showtime Sports. Showtime just revealed its boxing schedule for the next five months. Some interesting fights on there. Some interesting fights that can still be made. Plus, what is the latest with Floyd Mayweather against Logan Paul? I get into that and much more with Steven Espinoza. A little bit later on, Andy Ruiz, the former unified heavyweight champion, he is back in action on May 1st. It'll be Ruiz's first fight since losing his titles in the rematch against Anthony Joshua in December of 2019. I talked to Andy about the last couple of years, his decision to change trainers to Eddie Reynoso, and how confident he is that he can get and succeed in another opportunity for a world title. Quick housekeeping note, if you like this podcast, one very easy way you can support it, get over to Apple Podcasts, post a comment, leave a rating. It's simple, it's easy, it's free. It's the best way to make sure that we keep doing this podcast week after week. That's it. All right, on to the show. Ever been ringside and got blood on you? All the time. This is the Sports Illustrated Boxing Podcast. Anthony Joshua is a composed and ferocious finisher. Watch this. Andy Ruiz! Hosted by SI's Chris Mannix. That was really embarrassing. That was my moment. Now with interviews, analysis, and everything going on in the world of boxing. When you have talent, you are given another chance. Here's Chris Mannix. All right, Steven Espinoza is the president of Showtime Sports. Showtime revealed a five-month schedule that will be headlined by nine world title fights, all but one of which will air on Showtime. One of those fights is on pay-per-view, and Steven joins me from his luxurious Manhattan loft, <laughs> wherever he may be in this world. Is that fair? Right. You're not, you're not living in my, my uh, old... Upper East Side closet. I don't think is. I think you're in a different. Oh no, no, nor uh, you, you're you're in luxurious Boston. No, it's, loft. it's it's uh, Vermont. Vermont is where I have luxury because you can get a place up there for nickels and pennies on the dollar. So I would like it actually if you true. put some fights in Burlington. You could you bring some? Could you bring boxing to Burlington? Some fights in Burlington. <laughs> I'll. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm not sure Bernie Sanders would uh, would would appreciate that. But we hey, can talk infuse about the economy. That's that's all Bernie cares about. That's it. Um, so, Stephen, we talked last year around uh, midsummer when you had released a a multi fight schedule for the end of summer and into the fall. Uh, looking back on that now, I mean, how, how was it a success? Was it what you hoped for? Was it something different? How would you view the last kind of you know, basically schedule dump, we'll call it, um, from, from Showtime. Um, you know, I, I, I think it was important that we get back and that we uh, got back with some semblance of quality. And I, and I think we achieved both of those. Um, I, I, you know, we've never been a fan of just coming back in the pandemic uh, for the sake of coming back. And, and I think there are others that did that. And, and I don't think it reflected particularly well. So I think we wanted to wait until we could come back with, um, you know, quality that we could we could basically um, hold up with a straight face and say we're we're, we're proud of that and and we did, um, you know, we lost some fights like everybody else to COVID, um, you know, we learned you know some things about you know producing in a bubble uh, along the way, um, you know, and one of the interesting aspects I, I think is th- there's a real divide, and, and I used to think it was between the hardcore and the not hardcore, and, but I don't think it is anymore. And the divide is there. there's a, a segment of fans who love not having a crowd and, and love the, the immersiveness of hearing everything that happens, the breathing of the fighters, the instructions from the corner. And then there's the people who are at the end of the spectrum that were like, you know, it's just not the same without the energy. Where um, did you fall in that and, spectrum? Um. I I like the energy. I mean, there's one thing. I mean, you do have a different appreciation for the sport when you hear with crystal clarity, punches landing, you know, a, a fighter breathing hard. You really get a sense of the ebb and flow of the fight. That's great. Um, but, you know, I, I think the reason a lot of us love this sport is is those sort of those goosebump moments you know, and in the adrenaline and the unique energy that a big fight brings. And there's just nothing in sports like it. And that's been missing. Yeah, there were times when I was in, in a bubble, you know, watching fights where you know, it's like you saw a big punch happen, but like, wait a minute, was that really as big a punch as I thought it was? Or because the crowd mm-hmm. would kind of tell you if it was like a big right. shot, the reaction mm-hmm. would be, yeah, I, I kind of, I mean, you do have to, in a way, make a deal with the devil with some of these states that are opening up and, um, loosening restrictions the way they are, but it definitely, even if it's only five, 6,000 fans, that, that's one thing I wondered if you had, you know, obviously you make a deal with Mohegan Sun to produce a lot of shows from down there. Would you have exited earlier if you could, when you look back on it now? Um, no, uh, I, I, I don't think so because, you know, part of this um, is, is the fiscal responsibility. Um, because as everybody knows, whether it's the NBA in their bubble or you know, boxing in its bubble, the cost of doing an event went way up. Mm. You know, testing, bringing people in early, all, a whole range of different things. Um, and one of the things that offset this and uh, has allowed us to stay busy is being able to park our stuff somewhere and leave it there. And that's a, that's a huge cost advantage of not having to load in and load out. So we sort of we were there um, and we left everything up. We didn't have to tear down. It was just there and we locked it up when we left and went back in. So it was a, it was a great arrangement from 
that perspective and allowed us probably to do a couple extra cards on the same money that, you know, in, in another situation would have, would have been fewer. Mm, yeah, no question. Um, all right, let's jump into the schedule. And before we get to some of the fights that I'm interested in, I do have to ask you about the report this week about Floyd Mayweather making his return against Logan Paul and Showtime was connected to that fight. The Athletic reporting that uh, during the week. Um, you know, we've known that Mayweather and Logan Paul have been talking about fighting each other. The first date was scrapped for whatever reason. What can you say about Mayweather, Logan Paul, Showtime's involvement? Um, well, you know, we've... Um, I, I think the bigger question has been, you know, is the is it going to happen? Is the event going to happen in, in what's what state, uh, you know, there never really was a question, uh, I think, from our perspective uh, about being involved. Um, you know, I think we, we've had a long and successful relationship with Floyd. This one is a, a little bit different from the other ones. But, um, you know, we want to remain in business with him. He's comfortable with us. So, you know, we're, we're riding with Floyd. You know, if, if this is where he's going, then we're going to be a, along with him with good partners. Um now, in terms of the specifics, it, it is premature. I, you know, there are reports out. Um, one of which has, has sort of pegged the date as, as June 5th. Um, it's definitely not June 5th. It, it never has been. Um, there are a few dates being, um, you know, that, that we're sort of circling and a few venues. You know, Floyd put up a, a poll earlier a few days ago about different cities and that's really where we are. I, I, I do expect some definitive resolution within, I don't know, next few days, the next week, roughly. Um, but there really isn't, I'm not trying to be coy, it, it, it hasn't been determined date, venue, et cetera. Do you believe but, that fight is going to happen? Yes. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. All right. So fights that are going to happen on the Showtime schedule beginning in mid-May and taking us through uh, September with the potential unification fight and the 122-pound division. Just tell me kind of what the thinking was as you as you piece this schedule together. What were you looking to do? Well, it's... Um, look, there's a, there's a relationship between, you know, fighters and the network in, in sort of an implied understanding. It's sort of like we're going to do our best to, you know, um, provide dates for the fighters. They're going to do their best to take the best available fights um, that the business allows. Um, so it sort of starts with when you're laying out the schedule, who's who's up next? You know, who's who's due for a fight? Who just fought? Then you start layering in potential matchups, potential venues, dates. Um, and, and I've used the analogy before. It, it's it's a lot like you know, seating a wedding you know, or planning a wedding and sort of like, you know, who can sit next to who and, you know, which, which venue and what date and, and all of this. And it's a lot of moving pieces. It's a pain in the ass. I mean, honestly, it, it is. I, I understand. I, I wish, I think the sport would be better off if, if more platforms, promoters, networks um, did this. Um, I understand why you know, people don't because it is, it is difficult and time consuming and painful. But um, I think, rolling out a couple months at a time makes makes the fight seem excuse me makes boxing seem less organized than than it could be mm. um I, I think this this is something that we need to do for the fans to provide some perspective some long-range uh view some anticipation 
and allow fights to build, um, you know, to know, you know, Stephen Fulton is fighting the winner of the May 15th fight, you know, now, and that's going to happen in September. That's a, a bunch of conversation that we can initiate starting now all the way until September. Eight of the nine sh- uh, shows are on the Showtime Network off pay-per-view. The only fight on pay-per-view is Javante Davis against Mario Barrios. Um, was it important for you in putting this together to keep as many shows off pay-per-view as possible? That's generally um, generally the goal. I mean, you never want to hamper a fighter's ability to you know, make money. Um, so if he wants to take the risk on pay-per-view, then... Um, you know, it's not our job to really stand in the way. But I think for the health of the sport, um, yes, we would like as much uh, on Showtime, you know, and for the value proposition for subscribers. But I think the other advantage of having a long schedule is, look, no, pay-per-views aren't always the favorite thing in boxing fans. Um, but I think there's a lot more understanding uh, of that is if you see, okay, I've got eight other good or to very good to outstanding, you know, cards that I'm getting, you know, on Showtime, I can live with if one of them needs to, for financial reasons, go to pay-per-view. It's a lot easier than if you just roll out three fights and one of your three fights is pay-per-view, it's going to get a much different reaction. The the fight I think most people are, the, are most excited about is the Castaño-Charlo unification fight, the four-belt uh, undisputed championship uh, was that a difficult one to keep off pay per view? I mean, it's it's great that it's on Showtime, and I think there'll be a lot of interest in that fight going in. And I I think you would agree that's a can't miss fight. I mean, I was part of the call for Castaño's last fight. I mean, that guy just keeps coming forward. So, um, you know that that was the one where I saw him like that could have been a pay per view, but it stayed off. Um, it definitely could have been a pay per view, and I don't think there there would have been. Um you know, much negativity around it, given the, the quality of the fight. Um, but, you know, the reality, it is going to be a busy summer. Um, there's a lot of fights to make up. Um, and that was even before we anticipated the landslide of, of sort of non-traditional pay-per-views mm-hmm. as well. You know, you've got the NBA finals, which are going to be taking up July, a lot of July, and then you roll into Olympics. There's just not a lot of good pay-per-view dates between now and and September. So, um, you know, certainly, you know, Charlo's could have stayed on pay-per-view, you know, but, uh, you know, we were able to prevail on them and they agreed uh, to to go on Showtime. And I think the fans are are really the beneficiaries. I think the Davis fight is interesting because in a way I don't exactly get it. Um, Moving up to 140, taking on a guy in Barrios who's a good fighter. I just, I I look at it and I'm like, what does Gervonta get? out of beating Mario Barrios. In fact, it's almost like a high-risk, low-reward type of proposition in my mind. What's, what's, what was your takeaway in kind of making that fight and hearing kind of the rationale for making that fight? Um, I think the desire, um, and there was a window in which I think we were optimistic about being able to make, was, was Ryan Garcia. Mm. There was a lot of talk there, um, and then things got, you know, everything started spinning off in different directions between, um, you know, contracts and Pacquiao fights and then the Middle East and all kinds of things. So it is one of those divisions and Tank is, is in one of those situations where that's just like, by the, the way, a, a perfect, a perfect boxing kind of just 
throwing all those words together, the Middle East, Pacquiao, like that, that's just the perfect way like to explain boxing chaos. Like explain yeah, boxing exactly. chaos right there. Yep, that's all you have to say. Um, and it is one of those divisions that's splintered across platforms and promoters. Um, so I think the, the goal is, yes, it, it wasn't the thing that I think first jumped to everyone's mind as a natural fight. But, you know, given that the Garcia fight couldn't be made, you know, and there's similar obstacles with Haney or Teofimo Lopez or Lomachenko or, you know, a whole range of us, what's, what's the most intriguing next fight? Um, and I think the challenge of going to 140 against a credible guy and a, a very talented guy who himself is already thinking of going to 147. So I think it's sort of like short of one of these top-level matchups that every, everybody wants – What's the next most challenging, intriguing fight that you could take? And I think they they settled on Barrios, and and I think it's you know I think it's a good result given not, the circumstances. Not that it's impossible to go back down and wait, but oftentimes when you see fighters go up, they tend to like to stay or keep going up. Gervonta's a small guy. Um, what what do you anticipate his future being? Is it one forty and above from here on out, or how do you see that I, playing out? You know, he is. He's a, he's a stocky guy. He He's not the height of guys at 140 and certainly not 147. So I think this is just a, a, an opportunity that presented itself. Um, you know, maybe he feels great at 140, but that's not what I've been hearing now. I, I think he's at 135, maybe later in his career, 140. Um, but I don't think this signals like now he's a 140-pounder from here on out. Mm-hmm. You have uh, Jamal Charlo in action uh, against Juan Montiel. You've got David Benavidez down the line against Ustakagi. Um, those are two guys that have been talking back and forth. And I know you like to plan things out as you're doing with the guys at 122. Do you have any confidence or any indications that Charlo and Benavidez would fight each other at some point before the end of the year? I mean, because those are the two fights that, you know, Benavidez is going to be a huge favorite. Charlo is going to be a huge favorite, right. which is fine if the next logical step is they get in the ring together. I, I think it is it is very possible. Um, you know, there's you know at, at 168, there's Benavides, there's Plant, there's you know Canelo being the wild card, and, and maybe Jamal Charlo, you know, joins that group. Um, I, I think it it could have happened, um, but the timing was off. Uh, you know, Jamal uh, Jamal and Jamal haven't fought since uh, since September, um, and and David Benavidez just fought, you know, in March. Mm. So Benavidez wasn't going to be ready as quickly as, uh, as Jamal wanted. And Jamal didn't want to wait all the way un- until the fall until when Benavidez was ready. So they each took a fight and, and I think there will be conversations going forward. Now, whether or not it's fair to ask Jamal to take on one of the, two or three best guys in the division in his first fight at that weight class, that's a big challenge. Um, but, you know, I still think it is very possible that that fight happens next, depending on what happens with Plant and and, and Canelo as well. If Jamal doesn't move up, will you please throw money at Demetrius Andrade? Please, I, please. You know, I, I, I know this is, you know, he's your poster child. This is this is a, a an issue near and dear to your heart. Personally, um, you know, there, there's already been two docu- documented instances um, where we've 
throwing money at Andre, one where we actually had a deal and didn't get anything out of it. Um, so, look, there's plenty of blame to go around. Um, I would love to have seen the Jamal Charlo fight, you know, back in 2015 when it was supposed to happen against Andre. But Andre made a different choice. He also sort of infamously, you know, chose to keep fighting what he called the Luke Keelers of the world at a point where he was a free agent and had a Showtime offer to fight um, to fight Jamal. And I know, you know, the Andre side has, you know, their versions of offers that have been made to Jamal as well. Um, look, it is, it's a perplexing problem. There are, 160 is one of the worst cases in it where you've got people splintered. I think the puzzling thing though at 160 is, is it's not really promoters and platforms um, because Andre hasn't been able to get, you know, a really career defining fight, even among the 60 pounders that are at his same platform that are disowned fighters as well. So, Again, I don't know all the ins and outs of that, but that's probably, if you wanted to point at one division that is more convoluted than the others, it's probably 160. And part of that is also, it's not the deepest division. Mm. There's, there's very good talent, but it's, but it's top heavy. And so once you get past the elite guys, there's a, there's a fairly big drop off. I'm with you on the, you know, make a fight on your own side of the street, so to speak. I mean, Golovkin's right there. You should, I mean, that's on Golovkin for not uh, taking that fight. What did you think of what Eddie Hearn said when he said, pay us what you paid Derevinchenko and we will take that fight? I mean, he kind of sort of pulled the curtain back a little bit on, you know, what they're willing to take right around that $3 million. Yeah. I mean, part of it is a, a style thing and part of it is, is strategic, but you know, my general theory has been the more that a promoter in particular or business people generally talk about a fight publicly, about making a fight, about negotiating a fight, the less chance it's actually going to happen. You know, there, when we set out to announce this nine fight schedule, you know, there was very little discussion. You know, we didn't go out and say, hey, I'm working on doing this fight and I'm going to do this fight. And I'm going to do this fight. Um, you just do it. So I've always been of the mind. You know, if you are serious about making a fight, you you don't announce it in the press. You don't negotiate it in the press. You pick up the phone and say, look, let's get this done before people's egos get involved and the situation gets all, all twisted. So honestly, I, I think it's a PR move. I don't think it's a, at all a, um, a sort of legitimate, credible attempt to make a fight because that's not how fights are made. So last thing for you, when when you announce the next five months, the next batch of fights, will CBS be involved in broadcasting them? Um, it depends on the, 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 the time of the year, but um, I think there is, uh, there, there's definitely uh, an appetite there. You know, it wouldn't surprise me to be, see some Bellator MMA on CBS. Wouldn't surprise me to see boxing, but I think we've used CBS, um, you know, because they, you know, their airtime is so valuable. Mm. It's, it's very in a calculated way. It's sort of to build something, you know, and I think when we were back in, what was it? 2016. And we Thurman Garcia and Thurman Porter yep. uh, on CBS, I think is because we saw that we were on the verge of, you know, a really interesting period in the welterweight. 
And putting them on CBS could vault them, all those guys, into a different level of awareness and maybe a different level of stature within the sport. So I think we really want to save the best of the best you know, for CBS and to make it a, a calculated strategic one. But uh, it, it wouldn't surprise me if we you know, did something on CBS at some point in, in the relatively near future. Would you say the appetite is stronger now than what it's been since 2017 when Thurman fought Garcia, which I thought was a successful event. I think he did 5 million or something like that, a, a huge number in, in viewership. Well, look, we, we know, you know, the, the TV market has changed um, significantly from, from then to now, but it's only uh, sort of continued to sort of emphasize the importance of live sports. So, I think there is as much appetite and willingness to do it at, at that uh, as there was back then, simply because you know we know boxing at its best can draw, and it continues to be a valuable property. You know, you, know, you and I have talked about that you know a lot. At its best, done correctly, um, you know those are numbers that any other sport would be proud to do. Are you just one other thing? Are you anticipating being deeper into the PBC business in the next year and a half? I mean, look, there's everybody knows what kind of is going on with Fox. Are they getting out? You know, their contract runs up at the end of the year. I don't want, I want you to specifically comment on that, but you know, are you as you kind of look ahead? Are you anticipating getting deeper involved with PBC and their fighters? Um, it, it's a it's a good question. Uh, you know, being completely candid and honest, look. Uh, Sure, we salivate at, at sort of not having to split the talent with Fox. Um, you know, having said that, you know, we're, we're, it, it would be a tall order to absorb all of the dates that Fox was doing and FS1 was doing. Um, so it, it'll be interesting. Um, I, I do think when you saw, you know, the strongest years of the Showtime schedule in, in the recent past, it, it was when we we had we weren't splitting the talent with other networks and we were able to sort of do everything in-house and it, it resulted in a really great two-year run um, for that. And I, I think that's possible again. Whether that means we're absorbing everything um, remains to be seen. I, you know, I, I, I'm sure there are other suitors for, for PBC product. Um, it's, it's not a foregone conclusion. It all moves to Showtime. And, and there are limits to what we can do. But um, having said all of that, uh, I think it does make some things easier. Um, even when you have two networks with the same group, there are still, there's territoriality involved. And with that removed, it, it does remove some of the barriers. Well, there's a lot to look forward to until those decisions are made. Uh, the Charlo fight's terrific. Gervonta coming back is is always interesting. Uh, looking forward to it, Steve. And by the way, if you're talking to CBS executives, you should tell them that you know Charlo Andrade would be a great you know venture <laughs> into into broadcast television. You know, somebody at some point is going to like psychoanalyze you and figure <laughs> out the source of your obsession. With Andres, I'm telling you, if you look, if you make that fight, I'll be like a PA, like on on okay. uh, at the broadcast. Just like stick me, stick me ringside so, with I, a with a headset I, on. Look, I, I like Demetrius. He's a he's a he's an interesting guy, an interesting and talented fighter. Um, but uh, you you've you've hitched your wagon. To I have, him. I have. It's a sad it's a sad state of affairs. Uh, Stephen, <laughs> uh, always appreciate your time, man. Thanks for joining me. All right, great to catch up with you, Chris. 
When we come back, my conversation with Andy Ruiz. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Now, I'm supposed to talk here about what I remember and what I loved about my first car. And that's easy for me to do because I still have my first car. And as long as it keeps running, and so far so good, I intend to have that car probably until the day I die. Uh, That's how much I love that car. It is like a child to me. Now, it does require some upkeep, and that's why I'm grateful for a place like eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED lights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices... You're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. All right, Andy Ruiz is here, the former unified heavyweight champion. He makes an anticipated return to the ring against Chris Ariola on May 1st. That's a fight that you can see only on Fox pay-per-view. Andy, what's up, man? Good to see you again. Uh, I feel great, man. It feels good to be back. And May 1st, it's going to be an amazing night. The titles that you won, where do you keep those belts now? They're in my parents' house. So I'm right now I'm in San Diego at, at my house, but we're still remodeling. So the place where I'm going to keep them at, um, at the display, it's still not ready yet. So my parents have the my belts right now. When you look at those belts now, what kind of feeling does it give you? Well, just the the memories, you know, of, of June 1st when everyone didn't believe that I was going to win. And, you know, um, but I still have memories of, of the times of when I lost them too, you know. So it gives me a lot of motivation that knowing that anything is possible, you know. I could – I lost them, but for sure I, I know that I could get them back. When you when you look at them, do you think more of the joy of winning them or kind of the feeling you got when you had to effectively give them back? Um, both, mm-hmm. you know. I have both. It's a half-and-half half, um, situation. But um, like I said, I feel more motivated when I see them, you know, because I know that I could get them back and, and I know that I accomplished those dreams as well. How did you know that – you needed to make changes was it just 
the way the fight played out? I mean, you've lost or had lost a fight before uh, to Joseph Parker. What was different about this one? What what made you feel like you needed to make a change? Um, I just got tired of the way that I was living, you know. And after my loss against Anthony Joshua in Saudi Arabia, I had to make a change because my life was just like a roller coaster. You know, I wasn't happy. I, I felt empty inside. So there is one night that I remember that I was so depressed, so sad that I, that I got in, I got to my knees and I started praying and I was like, man, God, I'm sorry for, for not doing the right things. I'm sorry for not following your orders. And, and I told him that I was going to, I made a promise to him and I told him that I was going to do the right things again. And, what do you know? The next day, I felt completely different. All the, how can I say, all the um, things that I would do bad, I stopped doing them. All the, the, um, the temptations, they all went away. And the other weekend after that, everything went away. Um, I messaged Canelo through Instagram, and I told him, "Hey, Canelo, um, you think you could open the doors for me? I'm tired of the way that I'm trained. I'm tired of the way that I'm living." And I told him um, if he could, if I could train right there and I could be a part of his team. And he said, okay, let me talk to Eddie and let's see what happens. So what do you know? A week after, we we all sat together. We all had a little meeting. And the first thing that Eddie told me was, look, look, mijo, um, uh, <laughs> um, you know, we, we, we know that, that you have what it takes. We know you have – um, a lot of skills, but I need your dedication. I need you to be at a hundred percent and be disciplined. So if you're going to come over here with us, you're going to train hard. You're going to do exactly what Canelo does. And we're going to show you how to be disciplined. So that's one of the, one of the um, things that I remember a lot of him telling me that I have to be in a hundred percent. You could have gone with really any trainer. I mean, you could have picked, say, Brian McIntyre, who works with Terrence Crawford. You could have picked Derek James, who works with Errol Spence. These trainers, two great fighters. What was it about Canelo's trainer that made you want to go in that direction? Well, Canelo, he's a beast, you know. Everybody wants to be like him. Everybody knows that he works hard. He's a winner, and, you know, he's dedicated, fully dedicated in this sport, and I felt that's where I'm going to learn how to be disciplined. That's where I'm going to have to change everything that I that I was doing wrong, especially my mentality. So I felt the hunger um as soon as I walked in the in the gym with them. And you know, there there's I'm surrounded by a lot of different great fighters, great champions like Ryan, Oscar Valdez, um a few heavyweights right there too. And you know, we're all on the same track, we're all in the same lane. So we try to help each other out. And you know, it couldn't have been a better decision. You know, I, I keep hearing, Andy, about that camp. Is it's, it's a serious camp. Like, guys take their work seriously in it. It does have a lot of personalities. You've got personality. Ryan Garcia's got a big personality. Canelo's his own guy. But how, how would you describe the seriousness of that camp? It's really serious because, you remember, like I said, the first time I met um, Eddie, he told me, look, you have to give me 110% and be dedicated to this sport. And um, to this day, I still hear him in my in my head, you know, like, oh, I have to be dedicated. I have to be disciplined. And, you know, we got to follow what, what Canelo does as well. You know, he's a really 
uh, um, he trains really hard, you know, every single day. I don't even remember the last day I missed training because if I do, I don't want them to think like, oh, you know what, he's not taking it serious or anything like that, you know. But, you know, I don't have to prove anybody anything besides myself, you know, and that's something that I have to do by being disciplined, not inside the ring, but outside of the ring as well. So as we sit here on this Zoom call, you look great. Like you look as good as I've seen you look in your Thank fighting you. career. Uh, are we going to see a different fighter stylistically? I mean, one of the things you do when you go to a new trainer is that you know some will show you new things. Will there be a different Andy Ruiz, the boxer, in the ring? Yeah, you know, um, I think I learned, and and every trainer that I had, I learned a lot of a lot of stuff with them, and I appreciate every trainer that I had in my life. And you know, um, the main thing that you guys are gonna see, I already have the speed, I had power, but the the head movement, the footwork, that that's all the stuff that we've been working on, perfecting some punches, and um, you know, stuff like that. But the main thing that I had to to learn was being dedicated and being disciplined in this sport. So I know I'm not going to be at a hundred percent in one camp, you know, but for sure, I feel different for sure. I look different, but I'm not where I want to be at, but I'm way better than I was before. Do you have a target weight for May 1st or are you just kind of just trying to be as healthy as possible? Right now I've been at 255 pounds for the last two, three weeks. So I'm going to stay at 255 and, you know, um, work my way down um, slowly but surely. You know, I didn't want to lose um, overweight. I didn't want to lose too much weight for the first fight. You know, I want to build a little bit more muscle and, you know, like I said, I'm not where I want to be at, but I'm way better than I was before, especially my last fight against Anthony Joshua in Saudi Arabia. But, you know, like Anello says, I have to stay busy. I have to stay active. And through camps, I'm going to be looking a lot different. So I just got to be active. And little little by little, we're going to be seeing a lot of results. What's the difference, Andy, between how you feel right now versus how you felt in Saudi Arabia a week before that fight was going to take place? I feel so much different from Saudi Arabia because over there, I, I knew that I did not do the work that I was supposed to do. I wasn't disciplined. Um, you know, I barely started looking at the, the things at the, the, the last weeks of, of the training camp. So right now I'm full of joy, you know, I'm, I'm happy. Um, I'm keeping the promise that I told you that, that I made to God. And, you know, um, I feel dedicated and um, I'm learning discipline. That, that's the main thing that I'm doing. You know, I've been going to the gym every single day. And like I say, I'm, I know I'm not going to look at 120% for this fight or, or feel. Hopefully I do, you know, because <laughs> of all the hard work that I've been doing. But, um, you know, it's just little by little, we're going to be feeling a lot better. Just like Canelo tells me, it's just stay busy, stay disciplined and, you know, work hard. Last question for you. You were hungry for a heavyweight championship back in May or April or May in 2019. After you won that fight, you message Eddie Hearn. You say, I want to fight uh, Anthony Joshua. Having won the belts, are you as hungry, more hungry to, to win them back than you were before you won a championship? How would you describe those feelings? Of course, I'm more hungry because I, I, I had everything. You know, I had the belts. I had, 
I made I made history. I became the first Mexican heavyweight champion of the world, and I lost them because of lack of discipline, of lack of training. So now that I'm doing everything right, I feel I feel amazing, you know. So I know exactly what I'm capable of doing and what I can accomplish. Imagine, imagine me being. Um, really disciplined, training really hard, you know, uh, I could go really far, you know, I'm still young, I'm still a young kid, and every fighter, we're still learning every single day in the gym, you know, we're still learning, learning, and um, of course, man, I'm hungry, bro, I'm really hungry, I want those bouts back, I know Tyson Fury's fighting Anthony Joshua, and, you know, by the for the meantime, I have to stay busy. I got to keep training. I got to keep acting like if I still am the champion because I don't want to just be champion inside of the ring. I want to be champion outside of the ring as well. So I got to influence people as well and, you know, make them – I need to motivate them, you know, that anything is possible. Just because I got dropped and got back down, I could get back up exactly like anyone else could do it. Canelo, give you any good advice going into this fight? Of course, um, you know, we're perfecting every single punch, the movement. Um, but the the main thing that he's been showing me and telling me was is the discipline because that's exactly what I've been lacking my whole professional career was the discipline and the training. So um, that's something that, that he's been teaching me a lot. That's That's got some of the fastest hands in boxing in that camp with uh, you, Ryan Garcia, Canelo, a lot of, a lot of fast hands at different weight classes. Yeah, and it feels good, you know. It feels good because you're, well, we're motivated, you know. We all motivate each other because I think it's the best – it's one of the best camps that I've had, you know. And I smile every day that, that I wake up. Every time when I'm at the gym, I smile because it's just a new day, you know. And every day we're learning of something new. But um, I'm barely learning stuff on my own that I'm – that just because I, I dropped some weight, my I'm, I'm a – my abilities, you know, I, now I can see the abilities that I had that I did not know that I had before mm-hmm. and Canelo and, and all the, the trainers are, they're bringing the best out of me. First step, May 1st, uh, Fox pay-per-view against Chris Ariola. Good luck, Andy. Always good to see you. And, uh, why, why does everything good happen to you on Instagram? You message Eddie Hearn on Instagram, you get a fight, <laughs> you message Canelo, like you're having a lot of success on Instagram these days. Yeah, you know, thanks to God that, you know, everything happens for a reason. That's what I say. And, you know, maybe this is the reason why, you know, and, uh, you know, we, we have to learn. We have to take our, our, our falls to, to learn, you know. So I, I, took, I took the L in Saudi Arabia and now I'm learning. And I think that's the, the way of life, you know. We, we learn from our mistakes that we do and we just got to perfect them. Well, good luck, Andy. Always good to catch up. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. All right, that's it for this week's episode. My thanks to my guests. As always, subscribe to the podcast over at Apple Podcasts. Rate, review. You know I appreciate it. And I'll see you next week. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. 
Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.